um, hey everybody, my name is Corey Sams at the Corey Sams on Instagram, and um, yeah, I am a grad of Georgia State. That's already been stated, but I graduated spring 2016, and it was one of my age, okay. So let's start that all the way yeah, over. Start, start, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I was about to say. Yeah. So, your, so basic. Okay. What should we say? Include your name, age, and what year you graduated. And this is how it feels. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of Living to Learn While Learning to Live, aka L2L. I'm Orenze, but again, you already knew that. <laughs> Before we begin, of course, thank you guys for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. So today's episode is going to be very different from the usual. We're going to be doing going to be th- doing things a little little different normally we do the whole living to learn section which encompasses news and current events and then we do the learning to live section which includes just healthy living tips and the whole nine yards but today i'm scrapping all that i know i know i know i know but trust me just stick with me y'all but yeah today i'm scrapping all that we're going to be spending the entire duration of this podcast discussing a very important topic that often gets overlooked graduation more so life after graduation. Um, It's no secret that leading up to graduation, and for most people after graduation, everyone tends to experience a period of confusion and uncertainty. For some people, it's a very short time and they just snap back and get their lives together. While for others, it can be, it can be very long and others are kind of in between. But as common as this is, what's very astonishing is the fact that there is this stigma and taboo that's associated with experiencing uncertainty post-grad. And it's like everyone just expects you to know what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, where you're going to do it, when you're going to do it. And you dare not speak or even hint at the phrase, I don't know, or I'm confused, or I don't know what's next. Because at that point, you've you've failed at life. Like, you've failed at life. Like, why did you even spend all that time and money going to college in the first place if you're just going to graduate and not know what you're going to do with it? Like, you you just, you, you failed. And I really think that this can all be accredited to the fact that for the first time in our lives, we have to think. And I'm not talking about recollecting and planning and meditating and all that. I'm talking about thinking as in, doing some real deep soul searching because at this point we're we're held accountable for our own decisions like mom and dad aren't there to help us college advisors can't help us make that next move not that they were useful in the first place but anyway no no shade to gsu advisement (laughs) but no one can like we're we're all we've got and this is because we're beginning life like true life in its purest form i'm talking unscripted, unadulterated, unrefined begins after college. I mean, just think about it. All our lives, we follow these patterns and walk on these smooth preset roads. We know that right after kindergarten, we're headed to elementary. Right after elementary, we're headed to middle school and then high and then college. And then what's next? That's when life begins. That's when we're forced to take a detour from the smooth, tarred, paved roads and head on to the road less traveled and start paving our own ways and creating our own destinies. Like, uh, wait, 
actually take that back <laughs> take that back um discovering our destinies cuz i believe our destinies are already predetermined and preordained but that's a completely different story for another day <laughs> but anyway so to really elaborate on this topic of post grad life and the trials and tribulations associated with post grad life and to really provide some wisdom that I, for one, can't because I have yet to experience post-grad life. <laughs> I brought a few friends who are currently alums of Georgia State, and I'm just going to let them take over from here and, you know, introduce themselves. And we'll start from you, Mr. Bory Sams. Wow, it's actually <laughs> one of my least favorite ways that people introduce me. Um, what's good, everybody? My name is Corey Sams. I am 23 going on 24 come August 2nd, so don't forget that. And I graduated in spring 2016 here at the great Georgia State University. Okay. Well, hello, everybody. Um, my name is Kaja Mapp. I am 24 years old, and I graduated from the Georgia State University um, in August of 2016. You know, I walked in May, but you know what I'm saying? I got the <laughs> degree in August. So, um, yeah, I was a journalism major, uh, minored in theater and African-American studies. Oh, well, dang, I didn't say all that. <laughs> well, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Lenata Goka. I am 23 years old, but forever 27. Um, I graduated. I walked in May 2016, um, but my degree was conferred by the fall, but it's still conferred. Uh, and I earned a great degree in sociology. Okay. Y'all over here making Georgia State sound like Harvard, talking about the Georgia State University. It because is. it is. Because it is. Okay. 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 I, I, can, I, can, I can dig that. Um, so we're going to head right in. First question, question number one. So how was your time in college? And we'll start with you, Mr. Sams. Okay. Um, so my time in college was pretty amazing. I really loved it. So actually, let me start off from the very beginning. And it's gonna, I'm going to make this kind of long story short. But um, I didn't want to go to Georgia State at first. I absolutely hated the fact that I was still in state, oh, especially wow. the fact that I was 25 minutes away from my parents. I was like, <laughs> these folks gonna be popping up on me at any given moment. I don't want that. I felt like all the schools I was applying to senior year, if it wasn't a minimum of 10 hours away from home, I wasn't applying to it, I wasn't going. Um, but then I ended up coming to Georgia State and um, the first thing I said when I joined my first organization was, well, I only plan to be here for one to two semesters and then I'm gonna transfer out and go to University of Miami, which was my dream school since third grade. But um, then I decided like, wow, I really effing love this place. It's really great. Um, I met some of my best friends and all that stuff. And so then everything else just started kind of going. And then I was started, you know, joining different organizations. And then I joined my fraternity, the powerful Pi Alpha chapter of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated here on Georgia State's campus. Shameless and, plug. Um, you know, I got a shout out to the bros. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I joined that and that was really great. And then graduating was probably my greatest accomplishment just because... Um, my family knows how much I didn't really like school, like the academic side of school. They were like, wow, you actually graduated. You actually went to school, got a four-year degree, you know, and all that stuff. And so, like, we're so proud of you. And that was, like, a really great accomplishment for me as well. So I really enjoyed my undergrad experience. And with accolades, I'll go ahead and throw that in there. I mean, you know, I was... Since you're trying to be humble, nah. You're <laughs> trying to keep it short. I yeah, you know, he, I did, was, he did, did graduate with, what, the, the, the Neil Trotter Award? Yeah, the Neil Hamilton Trotter Award. The highest award given to a, a student. Thank you. 
<laughs> Shout out, I mean, Mr. Sims. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I got that award. It was pretty great. That was also a really good experience too, just because um, my grandma, my grandmother is ailing, and so uh, my brother and I, we had like a really deep talk uh, my junior year of college actually, and he was saying like, you know, he wasn't sure how much longer grandma had, and um, that kind of put a little bit of like feel under my tail as well because um, me being one of the younger grandchildren, um, I wanted to make sure that she saw me graduate. Mm -hmm. So that was also kind of like why graduating was a really great experience for me, just because I wanted to make sure that she was there and she was able to see her youngest one, the Hellraiser, the one that kind of, you know, caused a big bunch of trouble growing up, uh, got his act together and graduated from college. I feel it. I'm pretty sure she was proud of you, because I was proud of you. I ain't even birthed you, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so I'm sure she was proud of you. How about you, Miss Miss Matt? Um, well, um, my similar, it's so crazy. My story is actually kind of similar to Corey's. Uh, Georgia State was not my first choice either. I wanted to go to Clark Atlanta originally, and I had applied to some other schools, but that was like my first choice. And when I toured Clark, and then when I toured Georgia State, and I used to tell this story when I was a tour guide, like I just wasn't, it, it was a different feeling. Like being on Georgia State's campus, I felt like I got offered so much for my money. Like, you know, I came in paying out of pocket. True story, real life, I didn't have hope. So, um, you know, that was, <laughs> I mean, that, that was real life. So I didn't have hope. So money definitely was something that I thought about. But Georgia State, Georgia State just seemed to offer so much more for my dollar. Um, and when I came on campus, just the feeling was just so much different. But um, I, too, live like 25 minutes away from Georgia State. So I was never worried about, like, my parents popping up. They knew not to play those games. <laughs> so I was always like doing a lot of things like my first semester I think I didn't go home for like my first couple of months like I stayed away like I was in like an out of town school but when I was on campus I was involved in a lot of different things um, I came in and I started out my freshman year as an NSEP orientation leader um, I ran for SGA um, second semester of my freshman year that definitely like killed my grades a little bit. Um, so, you know, I was like in tears after my second semester, like, oh my God, I'm about to get kicked off the team. And I, it just was a mess. But going into my second semester, I knew that I was trying to become a part of um, the greatest sorority on, uh, oh on, this, this, this on the, the planet. This is the Greek shout out. So, <laughs> so, Greek roll call. No, but I mean, that was Speaking something I obviously got involved in, but it obviously motivated me as well to like get my stuff together, to like get my grades together and everything. So um, definitely got my stuff together that second semester or that first semester of my sophomore year. Um, I pledged in spring 14, um, Zeta Fine chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Yeah. And um, <laughs> from there, you know, the campus just was ablaze. I mean, it was ablaze before, but it was ablaze. <laughs> The reds about the heat. It was a blaze. We, I mean, the reds. The reds. The highly, the highly anticipated. Spring 14 in general. Corey is a spring 14 um, initiate as well. You know what I'm saying? He was a centennial initiative. We came, you know what I'm saying, right before, uh, you know, the cutoff kind of sort of, but that's another story. But yeah, so we came in. <laughs> we were highly, do all that now. We were highly anticipated um, for sure. And I think, like I said, I crossed my sophomore year and Lenata will probably throw that in her story as well. But like, um, that was kind of like my story. And like Corey said, my grandmother actually... Um, was kind of sick like right before I graduated so that was something that I wanted to make sure like that she got to see and she did um, you know see me like graduate and walk across the stage so I'm not a first generation grad but it obviously probably would be my biggest accomplishment thus far so not bad not bad and Hanty Lenara <laughs> hey, wow <laughs> 
Wow, wow. Okay, well, that's so crazy. Like, I, I, I knew Corey's story, but I didn't know that you wanted to go to Clark College. Um, but as for me, I loved Georgia State from the jump. Um, I really only applied to three schools. I applied to UGA, Kennesaw, and Georgia State. Got waitlisted at Georgia, got into Kennesaw, but they kept losing my transcript, so I thought that was kind of fishy. <laughs> um, and then I got into Georgia State, but I was given the option to come the summer of 2012. Um, it was the inaugural class of what they called the Success Academy here at Georgia State. So I had the option to come in the summer or just to come regular time in the fall. And I'm like, oh, man, I graduated high school. I want to go to college. Yeah, I'm going to go in the summer. I ain't going to do nothing. Like, my mom didn't have no summer plans for me. I was just going to be in the house. So why not actually start college um, and actually have real credits, like not just like a camp thing. It was real school. So I came in summer summer 2012, stayed in when it was called Freshman Hall. I don't know what it's called now. Um, the patent. Yeah, there patent. we go. See? Um, <laughs> when it, yeah, it was freshman hall, and I I loved it. Um, and I had a great experience. It was able. I was able to like warm up before the fall came with everyone being there. Uh, so that was really exciting. And um, I just liked Georgia State. I didn't even tour the school before I came. I just knew it was in Atlanta. I loved the city. I'm a little Grady baby. So I said, it's a little like I'm coming back home. Cool. So. Um, I, I came in as a bio major, changed it to sociology, greatest decision ever. I actually really learned, so if anyone's a social major, it's great. Uh, and, you know, I was also heavily involved. Um, when I first came in, I just stayed in with Success Academy and, like, the mentorship, joined um, STEP team, QSS, um, and, you know, sophomore year, you know, crossed with my line sister here, Kaja. Uh, and so from there, joined other things, stayed in with Dance Ensemble, um, worked for housing. All three of us actually worked in the Welcome Center as tour guides. Yeah. Um, uh, Four. Uh, yes. I, I okay. You do, I, I you do. So, you know, um, and. I worked for housing too. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, time. housing, the Welcome Center with um, being in 1913 society. Um, you know, just I was able to network and meet a lot of great people. I definitely said. I met my life friends in college, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, uh, they taught me so much about myself and as well as just how to be a better person. I don't know. I'm just um, – I really feel like God placed those people in my life. And I just think – I can't thank Georgia State enough. Like, I, of course, you know, school was <clears> – <throat> You know, you know, <laughs> I graduated. Okay, that's all. That I got the degree. You know what I'm saying? But um, um, I definitely learned so much more uh, than just what I learned in class. And uh, I don't know if I would have got that experience anywhere else. Um, maybe, but the way I got it at Georgia State was meant for me. And so, definitely, definitely, yeah. I'm a huge believer in that because Georgia State definitely has taught me a lot of lessons. Like. Mm -hmm. Definitely not just lessons that I learned in the classroom, just the life lessons. The people I've met here are amazing. I mean, Atlanta just has like a, an amazing blend of people. And in Georgia State, Georgia State takes the best of the best of those people. And it's like, it's mm -hmm. amazing. Like I met y'all. I met you guys. Yes. That's real. Like I tell people all the time, like <clears throat> if there's nothing else that, if, if there's nothing else that you take away from college, you have to make sure that you are using like the network and the mm -hmm. people that you're meeting because 
even, and which I'm sure we'll get into, but like definitely with, with post-grad life and the different things, like your different endeavors, you're going to be finding yourself reaching out to a lot of people that you met in college. And like a lot of people are just doing so much right now mm-hmm. that, you know, I may need this person for this or this person for that. But like the people that you meet, like that network is what you have kind of yeah. like forever. So those relationships are like really important. Yeah, yeah definitely. And that leads us into our next question. So what did you think post-grad life was going to be like versus what was it actually because i'm not even gonna lie when i was i was a sophomore when y'all were seniors and i was like come on y'all leave me there. i was like i'm ready to go i'm ready to go i'm ready to be out of here and then i catch up with y'all like you know a month later thinking y'all gonna be like oh i'm living my best life working my dream job and everybody's looking at me like take me to the king <laughs> truth is i'm tired like i i so what was what did you think it was going to be like versus I'm what you actually saw? Options <laughs> are you. Come on. Mm-hmm. I just saw you. I'm trying to Hold on. Let's talk about that for real. Jobs, where are you? I'm, I'm broke. I'm broke. Uh, empty pockets. Oh. <laughs> um. Wow. What What did Smurf. I think it was gonna be like? I didn't think I was gonna be broke. Um. For sure. Um, I, I definitely, I was, a, and I think all of us here can agree, like, I like the plan. Like, I write it out. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I approach school. By this year, I'm going to have this, da 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 And so I was like, okay, after graduation, maybe, you know, I, I did classes in the summer as well. I'm like, you know, I'm going to have a summer class. But, you know, I should be definitely in my adult job by mid-September. You know, summer came, and it went. <laughs> September came, and it went. Mm. And I said, Hey, <laughs> hey, all that I saved from my little welcome center check, we done down to $20, you know, and I still got to, you know, put gas in my car Amen. to go to get food. I need the people want to call me. I got a phone bill. What's really going on? I have a degree. I'm supposed to be mm. able to be to get a job. Like, you know, I knew I had skills before, but now this is kind of, I guess, like a solidified all in one showing I have certain skill sets. I'm, why is it not easy to find a job? I know I'm hireable. Um, so the, but I will say uh, it was definitely not expected to not be in a job for, I didn't get a job until November after I graduated. Mm. I wasn't expecting it to be that long. Um, but in hindsight and like actually towards the end of that, I was very thankful because it was just a time where I wasn't in school. Like I didn't have to think about, hey, I got to check my D2L real quick. Then I got to do this assignment that I usually didn't remember if it weren't for Corey to remind me to do my homework. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I wasn't in school. I wasn't worried about that. Like, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of a break that I didn't know that I needed. And so I was very thankful for that. I'm like, man, I'm not really sure. I wake up, I can actually go back to reading just, just to read, not because yeah. I'm reading and doing assignment. That's dope. I can sleep in till nine or ten. That's not that crazy, but that's nice. You know, it's just I didn't know I needed that because you've been in school since you were five. No, you know, you if you're you've been in school since you was five. It's like that's really crazy. I haven't had a time, not no summer break that goes by real quick. And parents try to put you in a summer camp. I'm just really chilling. Wow, I didn't know I needed that. It was really like a mental rest. So if you do run into that, it's actually probably you probably need it. Um, and so. It, I didn't expect the long break of oh, no income. Um, and for me, that break also allowed me to, into, I guess, I don't know why it happens like this, but empty pockets um, and, you know, no job allows me allowed me to really have time to meditate, to pray, and to, I felt like I was just so caught up in Georgia State or 
the college life is a little bubble, but really who controlled and orchestrated my whole life. Sometimes you just go, oh yeah, well thank God for that. But to really reconnect, I had that space. I have nothing to do. Let me just read my Bible. Oh. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> I can I can do that because I don't, you know, I, and that's just for me as a spiritual and faith and faith-based person. Mm-hmm. Um it it definitely started that reconnection for me. And so my post grad life has definitely changed in just how I see life because I had that quiet time, if mm. that makes sense. So yeah. Definitely. Lenata did a great job of summarizing <laughs> very beautifully <laughs> and flowerfully how um that post grad life went. So then give um, us the realness then. Give us the real deal. Not saying she didn't Without give us the, the flowers. Yeah, she yeah. be buying <laughs> stuff in a yeah. nice pretty bow. No, Lenata, <laughs> let me tell y'all, Lenata is so good with her words that like Okay, for y'all that don't know, me and Lenata are best friends. And so, like, whenever I need to call somebody to figure out, like, how I can still, like, be me and be real, but, like, figure out how to make it, like, more presentable, I call Lenata. <laughs> because I'm just be, like, on 10, like, zero to a thousand real quick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> but getting back to the question, um, how did I expect it to go? Man, after graduating... And to have graduated with so many accolades and to have mm-hmm. done so much on campus mm-hmm. and to, you know, have all these administrators and advisors tell you, like, you know, I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to see the great things that you do in life, blah, 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 blah. And so you're just like, yo, like, I'm about to do great things, right? So you go out, you go out into the world and you're like, I'm about to do great things. Like, Mrs. So-and-so or Dr. Blah, 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 like, they told me I'm going to do great things. Yeah. So I can't wait to do great things. And then June hits and you're like, I ain't done great things. <laughs> and so you like, hold on. Like, like, I ain't got a great like, job. You know, you like, hold on. And so like, I was very fortunate that the Welcome Center kept me on as a lead tour guide to help them to like train uh, all these new people that they had just hired that were basically freshmen going into their junior year. I'm going into their sophomore year. So they really didn't know too much about campus as much as like those that they had hired as juniors and seniors. Mm. And so... Um, I was really grateful and fortunate enough to be able to have that opportunity. So that kept a little bit of money in my pocket. So, you know, I was still able to kind of go out a little bit with my friends here and there. And, you know, I was still able to go and, you know, ball out on a couple of H&M t-shirts and, you know, <laughs> feel like I was doing something. But um, then that was over, right? And so um, like any person that's going through anything in their life, I decided to cut my hair and, you know, just cut it all off. I was like, man, mm-hmm. F this hair. You know, my parents yes. keep talking about it. Let me cut my hair off. I'm sick of it. And so that's also another thing to say. I'm, I'm living at home with my parents. Still am. Mm-hmm. And I was living at home with them then. But um, so, yeah, that happens, right? And so um, then it's like September, October time frame. So it's, uh, you know, I had just gotten out of, you know, what little relationship I was in because I was like, you know what? I need time to focus on me. So I was like, you know, we got to cut this off. And then... You know, it was my dad's birthday, and then it comes homecoming season, and I'm like, dang. So it's homecoming season. I'm going back to homecoming, and I'm going to be real with y'all. So that homecoming, my chapter had rolled out, like, these fresh, fly-ass windbreakers, right? These windbreakers were like. They were nice. These windbreakers were like. This was the first homecoming after we graduated, not last homecoming. This was the first homecoming after we graduated, right? These windbreakers were like. These windbreakers were like 50. I cannot. <laughs> but these windbreakers were like these windbreakers were like fifty, right? And so they started taking orders from and all that stuff. And I was like, "Yo, like I ain't got fifty dollars for a damn jacket." Like I was really mad about that, you know. I was like, "I don't have fifty dollars for a jacket." Right. And so like I had, I had my own like stuff that I had 
you know, fortunately bought back during the summer when I was <laughs> still balling on my Welcome Center check. <laughs> and so that was my first moment of like realizing like, yo, like you're not doing nothing with your life. And it's not that I wasn't, but it was just like, that was how I felt, mm-hmm. you know? And especially in comparison to some of my other friends. So um, me being a art major, so I majored in film and video and I minored in event management. Both of those things are basically connection-based, you know what I'm saying? Um, so you can be great at what you're doing, but if you don't know anybody, then you're not doing anything. Sure. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm comparing apples to oranges because a lot of my friends were marketing majors and mm-hmm. uh, finance and mm-hmm. uh, pre-medical students, all this kind of stuff. So I'm just, So I'm just like, you know, I got... This homegirl that's going to med school, I got this homegirl that's, you know, working at this Fortune 500 company. I got this homeboy that's working at, you know, this Fortune 500 company. Like, they're, you know, they're doing great things. Like, friends that are graduating with junior-level positions mm-hmm. at great places like P&G and Ernst & Young, Amazon, like, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And here I am, essentially a freshman in real life, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm lost and I don't know what I'm doing. But I graduated with all these accolades, so I don't know what the hell's going on. So saying all that to say... I slipped into a depression, and like I called it postgraduate depression. I came back. I know I talked to you about it, Renzo, mm-hmm. a few times that I came back on campus and I saw you. But I slipped into what I call postgraduate depression, and I literally was so sad. Like I was sick, and like I would wake up some days, y'all, and I did not want to get out of my bed. I didn't want to leave my room. And mm-hmm. let me tell you this also: my room was my living room at my parents' house. So I'm living at home. My brother is still in grad school. My grandmother is now living in my room. What was my room? So it's now her room. And so there's no room for me except for an air mattress in the living room. And, like, I was so upset about that. But I didn't take the time to really be happy about the fact that, like, at least you have somewhere to stay. You have a roof over your head. It's free. You know, you got food on the table. It's free. You still got enough money to keep gas in your tank. That's not free. But still, like, you know, you still have all that stuff that you can do. And so that, for me, really took a lot out of me um, mentally which is why I'm like so big on like mental health, especially like for men talking about it now. Um, that's one of my big things that I'm on now is just having people talk about that because coming out of that depression and coming into 2018, um, no, coming in, that was then going into 2017 actually. Yeah. Going to 2017, uh, hitting February, I was it, something just kind of clicked and I was like, you know, you don't have a job, it's cool. Um, but there were so many of your ancestors that didn't have a job either, but they made a way. And they were able to inspire you still now. And so what can you do with your time? What can you do with this space that you're in right now to be able to uh, really leave an impact even if you don't have the most money? And um, that's when I was just like, all right, let's start up this vlog series. Let's start up this. Let's start, you know, staying in contact with our friends. Let's take let's take the moment to, even if you don't have money, to just go see your friends or talk to them and stuff like that. Like, you still have enough money to be able to pay your phone bill and keep food on the table. So use that phone call some people, text some people, and use that food to keep you alive. You know what I'm saying? And then, like Lenata said, you know, just spiritually having a kind of reawakening and reappearance with God in my life, that was really good for me as well. So all of that is basically what I did not expect my postgraduate life to be. I expected to be in my career field, working on some great movie. Bumping. You know, I expected, <laughs> I expected to be, you know, like in LA, working with Paramount Pictures or something like that, like on this movie set, like, tell, you know, Snapchat, right, yes. Snapchat and my friends talking about something. Mm-hmm. Look, B, I'm with Will Smith, but like I'm not <laughs> with Will Smith. Like I'm nowhere near Will Smith right now, but I'm going to be there. Yeah. But, you know, it's just going to take some time, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I respect that's it. a testimony. I respect it. That that was real, Corey. I I can trust you with the realness. So, mine Kaiser. wasn't real. 
I mean, no, you were you were real and positive. Real and positive. So, so since we're being real and being transparent, uh, Corey and Lenata know this, but uh, I actually just lost my job. Hey, um, oh. I just lost my job last Tuesday. Yeah. So last week, um, they let a real G go, and mm. uh, so that that's just to let you know where I'm at. So jumping back to right after graduation, um, like Corey said. When people would ask me, like, right before graduation, well, what do you have planned? That's so annoying when you don't have anything planned, first and foremost. But it's okay, and I realize this now, it's okay not to have everything planned out. I would try to tell people, which I thought would actually maybe be my reality, I would say, um, you know, because I've had so, I had had so many jobs at Georgia State up until graduation. I had been working for Georgia State in so many different capacities. I was like, somebody going to hire me at Georgia State. So I would be like, you know, I'll probably get a job in admissions or, um, you know, in advisement. Um, I'll probably work somewhere in there. And then, you know, I was like, you know, Georgia State will pay for you to go to grad school after you work for them for a certain amount of time. So I'll probably go back to school and get my master's in something. And at the time, I guess I thought that was a plan. But <laughs> then I graduated and let me just say this. You think that a lot of companies will tell you, like, you know, it's, it's good to get internships places and workplaces um, because when it is time for you to look for full-time employment, they like to say, you know, a lot of places like to hire from within. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what it was, but Georgia State just was <laughs> not messing with me on these jobs. Like, when I tell you I have applied for, I could probably count on off of two hands how many jobs I've applied for at Georgia State and um, I've only gotten one interview out of all of those applications and I did not make it past the interview with that one um, job that I had so I was kind of counting on these things that didn't really come through um, to sum all that up and so I started looking for you know what I'm saying I was hustling Lenata knows like me and her both like that summer when we graduated were up uh, were unemployed up until maybe like I think I ended up getting a job in, like, August. Yeah. And then, um, but I started, like, being a nanny. Like, I was really just trying to, like, pick up anything, like, that could get me cash. Because, like, they were saying my money was, like, running real, real low. And I was like, I got to, you know what I'm saying, do what I got to do to make some money. Um, And I was doing that for a little bit. And eventually I was like, you know... Because uh, like Corey said, he, he was a film major and, um, you know, directing his films is, is what he likes to do. Um, all of us sitting up here are creatives in some sense. Um, mm-hmm. Lenata loves dance. Um, my passion is acting. Corey's this film. Um, I love all things, you know, entertainment, film, etc. But I was like, you know, I'm going to get like a job like being a waitress because that'll give me flexibility in my schedule. I don't want to work a nine to five. All the people who I knew who actually did have nine to fives after we graduated were telling me like, no, run the other way. Don't Mm -hmm. do it because they were like, yo, it's not. It's really for the birds. Like a nine to five is really for the birds. So Mm -hmm. I was telling my parents like I was going so hard, like I'm going to get a a job as a waitress and I had moved back home after I graduated. So I was like, I'm only going to be home for like a year, year and a half. I'm going to move back out to the city, get my apartment. Like these were my plans. And my cousin had kind of told me like, she was like, girl, like you really need like a five year plan. Like you talking about a year, year and a half. That's all good. But you might want to set yourself like a realistic timeline. And I understand why that is the case because here it is coming up on two years that we've almost graduated and I'm still at the crib. So (laughs) 
too. Me too. I, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, people window shop and everything online with clothes. I do that with apartments. Like, I be shopping for apartments I know I can't afford just to see, like, you know, what I will eventually be able to get to. Because speaking it into existence, I will be out soon um, making good money and being um, on my own once again. But um, to say all that is to say that you can have a plan for things and things won't always go the way that you plan it may be according to god's plan and that's something that i had to like really internalize at a certain point was that like okay you're trying to do all these things and once i had actually gotten my job um as a waitress i was working in a restaurant and i started out as a host they told me i couldn't um serve because i didn't have the experience um so here i am with a degree um at a restaurant being told that i have to start out um you know in a host position because not saying that serving isn't difficult, but, you know, I don't have the experience to be serving. So I was like, okay, how difficult can it be? I ended up being a host there for six months before I actually got even had to fight my way to get onto the floor. Like, look, put me in a class. I'm trying to get to this money. Because, I mean, depending on where you're working at in a restaurant, service do make pretty good money. So I eventually got on there and I started working like a dog. Like, people talk about nine to five, 40 hours. I was doing like 56 hours, oh. 60 hours a week. Yeah. Um, working like six days out the week, I three doubles. I mean, like, and I was ghost. People would be hitting me. I was just like, I was so tired. I never was around. Like, I barely could make any functions. Uh, birthdays, um, going away. Like, some of my line sisters done moved away, and everybody's having all these things. And I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm at work. Like, I, I can't get off. Like, you know, I can't swap with nobody because we were all being worked so hard at this particular restaurant, and I was not happy. Um, so similar to how Corey said, I didn't slip into a depression, but it was just like, you know, I would leave the house because I worked almost 40 plus minutes away. So I would leave the house to go to work, be there from like the morning, let's say like 11, get home at like 1230 sometimes, depending on if it was a weeknight or a weekend, if I was working a double and have to be right back up and right back there at like 9.30 the next morning or like 10 o'clock the next morning, and I'm there all day again. So it started taking a toll on me mentally, like physically. Like I just was always tired. When I was not working, I was sleeping. So I started realizing that I didn't have any time for doing anything that I really wanted to do. Like I'm saying that acting is my passion, but I'm not making any efforts or any strides to actually do what mm -hmm. I'm saying that I want to do mm -hmm. because this job that I don't like has nothing to do with what I actually want to do is taking up so much of my time that here it is I'm looking up I said I wasn't going to be there that long here it is I'm looking up it's almost a year that I've been at this job that I don't like I can't stand being here and you know I walked in one day I had talked to my mom I kind of was like look I think it's a wrap. Um, at the time, my grandfather was um, really sick. He lived down in Albany. Um, and so I was missing, like, a lot of time to, like, go down there with my mom. She'd be like, oh, I'm going down this weekend. But, like, I just I couldn't do that because I was scheduled for work. So um, eventually, I think it was around Christmas because we used to have to work all holidays. I think the only holiday we did not work was Christmas Day. So Christmas Eve, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving. Like, I missed all of Thanksgiving because I was at work all day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. <laughs> it was unacceptable. And I'm like, yo, no. like... <laughs> No. I like you know my dad's side my dad's side of the family is the big side of the family like those are like family times and I'm like I'm missing so much you know what oh, I'm saying no. just to be at work making money which is cool but like this isn't making no money to like get me out of the house I'm not doing anything I want to do and so right before Christmas Eve I think I quit that Friday before Christmas Eve I didn't even give him a two weeks notice I walked in and I told one of my managers I said 
I appreciate everything that you've done for me this far. This has certainly been an experience. Um, but, you know, this experience. <laughs> but this, this will be my last day. And she was like, I said, you know, I'm, I'm missing out on opportunities because there were a few things. Um, a few of my friends were working on some projects. Um, I was like, I'm missing out on opportunities and things that I actually want to do. Um, because I'm always here. And she was like, you know, I can't blame anybody, you know, that wants to go off and better themselves, blah, blah, blah. So after that, I was out. And, you know, they were like, oh, you didn't give your two weeks. But you know what? When I got fired, and, and this is jumping back to right now, when I got fired from yeah. my last job, homeboy didn't give me no two weeks notice. <laughs> he didn't give me no two weeks notice. He sat me down. I, and the, th- the thing that really teed me off is that I wasted my gas driving almost 50 minutes up to that place for you to tell me that this was going to be the last day, and I had to drive all that way back home. Now, y'all not even paying me enough to put this gas in my tank, first and foremost, but you know what? People don't... <laughs> They don't give you no notice when they letting you go. Um, and this for the people who are probably listening. This was not a corporate job. It was another like food service job or whatever. Um, but they not giving you no notice. So the same thing, I didn't give them any notice on the back end. But even when I was working at the place that I actually just got let go from, I was not making as much money as I was when I was serving. But what I would tell people all the time was like, I'm happy. Like I told my mom, I was like, and I, and I told my grandma, like, I'm happy. Like, I have time now, you know what I'm saying? Because I told them, look, don't schedule me for any evenings, no weekends. I can't work them. Um, because I needed that time for me. Like, I needed that time for the stuff that I wanted to do. And I luckily, like, that freed me up to be able to do things. Like, Corey and I just um, finished um, working on a pilot presentation um, that's going to be pitched to some major networks. And we put a lot of time into that um, from start to end. We just wrapped on um, Saturday. And that was, you know, and it's funny how things started rolling in. Because I really had to talk mm. to God, like, in December and be like, look, I feel like God is telling me that I'm putting all this time into things that have nothing to do with my, what my purpose is. So, <laughs> y'all don't know. I'm shaking right now because y'all don't. Purpose, purpose. Go on, Kaj. Go on. Go on, sis. Yes. My, to right now, because this is very real, y'all. Right now, my, the word of this year that I have shared with these two with me, 2018, is purpose. Like I said, I I, I believe in God. I, that's me. And it was even going into this year that I said, Lord, please help reveal to me what my purpose is for mm-hmm. you. Not mm-hmm. even like, oh, my career purpose. My, What did you put me here to do? Mm-hmm. I'm literally right now reading, um, what am I here on earth for? Purpose-driven life. Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. That's mm-hmm. currently the book we're reading in my Bible study club. Shout out to Ajan. Um, hey, girl. But literally, <laughs> that is what, and it's crazy that it, it had to take for me, and I believe my my friends here can relate, to be pulled out of school, pulled out of the hoopla, like, and this is not, not to no toot no horn or nothing, but the three of us, we was popping. Yeah. I'm still popping. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying when we was on campus, we was popping. So you have you used to all of that, and then it's like, it stops, literally stops, stops at graduation. And then it's just life. What am I supposed to be doing? You know, I can't get caught up and like, well, you know, I got a chapter meeting, so I'm doing something. Or I'm going to go do a tour, so I'm doing something. No, what are what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And why am I here? What am I here to do? Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, that's why, I, like, I'm shaking, like, in real passion about that is because 
literally, like I was talking about this earlier today, January 11th, I heard clear as day, 2018, what God told me that I'm supposed to do. And I graduated thinking, I'm, oh, I'm going to PA school, physician assistant school. So for those who might want to go into healthcare, I currently work at Emory Midtown Hospital. I'm work- Y'all, I've been dancing my whole life. Ain't never left me. I used to be my little hobby. Okay. But that, like she mentioned, we're all creatives. That's what I realized what I'm supposed to do. I was trying to run away from it because it didn't seem like, you know, oh, I can't just say I'm going to be a dancer. You know, like, you know, most people are. Yeah, most Mm -hmm. people are saying, I'm going to law school. I'm going to med school. Or now I'm going to go work with so and so. I'm going. And I'm like, I'm going to be a dancer. No, I guess I got to say I got to go back to school too. Mm -hmm. Knowing I don't really like school, but you know, uh, (laughs) everybody goes to school. I have an older brother that has a master's degree. You know, I guess I got to go to school, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But. No, no matter how I Georgia State don't even have a dance program. No matter what, I was still a, being able to access dance. Why has this thing never left me? Period. It's like always there. A random dance opportunities come up, and I'd be like, Nah, I shouldn't do. It. Like God really, and if you're someone who believes, and you know, what I'm saying, really be talking to you, whether like you feel like you literally hear him or send signs. And I just was like, Yo, I need to stop, sit down, and listen. And literally, I am, I soon will be transitioning from where I work now and um, got into a dance training program in New York. I'll be going to New York. (laughs) Like, I am pursuing dance full on and literally different opportunities. Kaja mentioned how things start rolling in. When you are walking in God's purpose for your life, it seems like it just flow. Everything Like, it flow. Why? Because you're following what he told you to do and that doesn't always necessarily mean career that doesn't mean oh fame for everyone some people's purpose is to know how to speak to others some people's gift is literally to know how to be a good listener some people's gift is literally just serving I don't mean I got to be popular you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. but that's a part of your purpose for a bigger thing of this life you know and so for us we've realized that part of our purpose is in the creative world and you know you can't transition into career but like your purpose is to share that art, that talent, that gift that God has given to you mm-hmm. and to use that to help others, to help yourself and to grow closer to him. So I'm like, yo, I've been running from this this whole time. Why did it take till I got till I was 23 out of school to realize that this was what it was? Mm-hmm. But thank God for that journey. It builds character. I'm still growing. I ain't like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it builds character and allows you to trust, mm-hmm. you know, and so that, that, I guess that was the drastic way. Had to pull me from nothing to say, what you going to do? You know, you going to trust me or you going to be frantic? You go, I had to trust. And literally, like, when I just said, have you ever watched Finding Nemo when <laughs> Dory let go of the whale's tongue? <laughs> literally said, huh? that's literally how I felt. I said, okay, I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. Boom. Book wow. for this. Boom. Dance for this um, new upcoming artist. Wow, that's really cool. Okay. Um, go to this audition. Wow. Um, and those of us in listening, those are who are in the creative world, a lot of times from the beginning, you're putting in your money before you're getting that money back. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's whether or not you, you're trusting and believing that this is the work I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so <laughs> I've seen seeing my peers and older friends like succeeding in creative arts in all different realms outside of dance too. It's it's a blessing to see how God works in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. It's not only about me. I love to see 
when people around me are blessed too. That's that's beautiful. That the same God that makes me feel special does something special for someone else. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you know, isn't that amazing? Isn't no, that amazing? For real, for real, like, you know, so yeah. that that's why, you know, I know my sister just got a little emotional, but that's real. Yeah. And I, and I just I'm just so and it's a lightness that you feel like, wow, thank you. You know, and purpose is so important. I was just about to say there's definitely the lesson that I feel like I've learned over the past couple of years is that there's um, there is purpose in your pain and um, all the things that you may be experiencing, whether it be depression, whether you're just in a space where you just kind of don't know what the heck or what's going on. (laughs) Um, You know, what I'm saying there is purpose in your pain and. Um, there are lessons to be learned um, in terms of like discipline and patience when you're like down to your last few dollars and you don't know how you even going to put gas in your tank to go to an audition or to go to work. Like right. that's something that you have to realize. And like Corey said, I think the biggest thing that people have to remember is you cannot keep comparing yourself to other people in their journeys because yeah. everybody's journey is different and your walk is your walk for a reason. So you have to just, um, uh, my line sister Amelia and I always joked about this, especially right after graduation. Like, you have to praise them in the hallway. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that meme of Omari Hardwick um, in power when he's outside Angela's door and yes. they just done broke up mm-hmm. and he's like holding on to the door. He crying. <laughs> like, somebody made like a little meme out of that and was like, you know, praise them in the hallway. And when people mm-hmm. say that or people who grew up in church or even if you didn't like, that means like, you praise him even when you're in between places. So even when I got fired, I walked out of there like, you know what, Lord, this, you you pushing me towards something. I don't know what it is just yet, but this is, you know what I'm saying? I don't know where the next step is, but this is for a reason. I wasn't angry. I wasn't upset because I didn't want to really be there anyway. It just was something to make a little money. But, mm-hmm. you know, like we left, we left from filming and a guy hit me up the next day and was like, hey, I might have some work for you. Like, I'm doing this video, and, you know, I may have some casting work. If you can do some casting for the video for me, you know, I'll send you X, Y, and Z. And although I'm not super, super experienced in that, just based off of the work that we did on set this past weekend, he, you know, thought enough of me to be like, hey, I can throw this your way, uh, opportunity where I would be getting paid to do something that I actually like to do based off of doing something and working for free. So mm-hmm. the grind... Um, the grind is definitely worth the time in a sense. Like mm-hmm. the time that you put in that you're not getting paid and you doing, you know, whatever it is like for people who don't have like those um I don't wanna say standard jobs, but, but I more mean, traditional. Like, more traditional. Yeah. Um, but the grind is definitely worth like the time that you're putting in. Just I guess like, you know, have faith and take that leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And this question is for you, Lenata. So mm-hmm. You know we are we are Nigerians. I'm more Nigerian. Wow. wow. <laughs> uh-uh, I'm more Nigerian. And a lot of times our parents are pushing us towards the stems, mm-hmm. you know, engineering. Mm-hmm. If my child is you not must a, be doctor, a doctor, doctor, <laughs> lawyer, engineer, I don't want to hear it. And to see that you're you decided to because for the longest when I knew you were pre PA, I've known you as pre PA. Yeah. And so now that you're actually going to to pursue a creative career mm-hmm. how did you pitch that to your mom how was that how was that talk how was that okay so um yes i'm a very proud nigerian girl <laughs> <laughs> um but psych <laughs> y'all thought <laughs> got him <laughs> oh my god oh my god that was funny that was funny. I cracked myself up. Oh, my God. Whew. 
But thank you guys so much for listening to L2L episode three, graduation part one. If you want to listen to her answer and the rest of this podcast, make sure you listen to part two, which is dropping very soon. So be on the lookout. Um, And trust me, y'all, you do not want to miss this because y'all know Nigerian parents are they're a little crazy. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and see you in part two. Stay blessed.